You are listening to a Geek Fallout production in association with the Atomic Geeks Podcasting Network. You're listening to TechnoRound, a Geek Fallout technology news and discussion podcast where we talk about everything from mobile devices and PCs to video games and everything in between. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Geek Fallout Technobabble, the podcast about technology, uh, what's coming down the pike, the good, the bad, the silly, and everything in between. We are, uh, this is another Chrysalis podcast, so it's just me and my co-host, why don't you, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, how's it going guys? It's uh, me, Richard. Uh... Back again for, like you said, episode five. Can't believe we're at number five already. Feels like, uh, you know, should still be at number two or something. This is still new, you know, <laughs> having our having our own show. Oh yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a new novel experience for me as well. Just like, you know, being on a show regularly, hosting. It's yeah, it's like new, fun, interesting. Hopefully, it leads to, you know, more amazing. Things. Well, it already did with my uh, playing with power podcast. Well, you know how that that's how uh, Obama got elected president was he started a podcast. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Um, like to uh, address current uh, rights issues. Uh, I'd like to. Uh... You know, actually, I heard it was a podcast about friends. And the, and then the second season of his podcast, he did Seinfeld. It was really popular. He did like a commentary. <laughs> so like you just you, at the beginning of the episode and he'd be like, all right, Americans, on the count of three, we're going to press play. And then you'd press play with it and mm-hmm. he would just go in there and just talk, talk through the episode. I heard it was amazing. Hello and uh, welcome to Obama with friends. <laughs> I'm your uh, host. Fr- fr- no, Barack friends Obama. with Obama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to friends with Obama. Totally. That's uh, the name of this episode. Boom, but, done. <laughs> we uh, could sign out. A bit of a misleading episode. We don't have uh, David Schwimmer in the studio with me. <laughs> He's uh, not returning my calls. Hopefully I can uh, maybe get into politics, become a bit more prominent, and uh, you know, maybe someone will actually talk to me. <laughs> That's like the worst Obama impression I've ever heard. <laughs> I don't know. Mine was pretty bad, but yes, we are horrible, and that's why we are here recording about tech and not politics. What do you What do you got first, there, buddy? Uh, well, it's kind of sad that we don't have uh, which which Chris is the uh, the veteran. At this point, both really, but I guess Lockhart. He's been on pretty much every single show. On... No, I mean a service veteran. Like oh. was it one of them in the army? Um, I think it was Gaida. Said he was in the army for a couple of years or something like that. All right, Ninja Gaida. Nice. <laughs> like that. That's awesome. Well, it's a shame you need he's... to get him a T-shirt that says that <laughs> with the silhouette of his face. Yeah, That's it, awesome. Yeah, just like a nice silhouette of him in the moonlight with a sword uh, held behind his back while no, someone I'm else is falling like, you down. Know the, you know the Obama shirts that came out when he was trying to get reelected? Oh, yeah, the, the change. Yeah, or like, yes, you can, or something, or we can, or yeah. change, or whatever it was. Just like that, but with... Four more podcasts. With, yeah. <laughs> Damn. 
damn right okay anyway sorry <laughs> getting sidetracked here what do you got well uh we were talking about things for the veterans first was uh the uh the watch app that allows uh uh night terrors to uh that detects night terrors and shakes you out of it without ruining your sleep mm-hmm. then there was the uh the uh, prosthetics that allow you to uh, begin to feel. Yeah. And cool. now is uh, something that I think will warm his heart. I think he'll enjoy listening to this episode. Veteran... Penis. <laughs> Veteran homelessness has been ended in Virginia. And it's the uh, first state to do it. Now, huh. it's not really tech-based, so I'm just going to skim over it. But it says that Virginia is the first state in the U.S. to be certified as effectively ending homelessness among military veterans. And they helped uh, veterans maintain stability. And that's 1,432 homeless veterans have been housed since October of 2014. Nice. So it's not like we've got them housed for now. It's, it's been a year and they're, uh, they're stable. And nice. it says there's more permanent awesome. yep, there's more permanent housing for any veterans who may be in need, and officials are moving to address homelessness in the general population next. So in other words, they're stating if you are a homeless veteran, you can move to Virginia and we've got plenty of housing, and until that happens, we're gonna move on and, and try and get the regular non veteran homeless people yeah. uh housed. Yep, it says that uh, on a huh. The state's governor said, on a day when we remember those who fought and died for our nation, I'm proud to proclaim Virginia is leading the way in the fight to end veteran homelessness. And that was Governor Terry McAuliffe says the successful effort will serve as the launching pad for our next goal of functionally ending chronic homelessness among all Virginians by the end of 2017. So that's a pretty lofty promise. Depending uh, on how many homeless people they have in Virginia. I guess they don't have too many homeless people, so it's a, <laughs> yeah. so it's a manageable yeah. promise. But still, still yeah. That's, that's uh, I'm guessing you got that from the Good News Network? Yeah. But uh, I did check other websites. That was just a, a little uh, mention for Chris. The first tech article I have is uh, something I found. It's pretty darn impressive. I wish I had more details on it, but it's just... Uh, it seems to be a little hush-hush at the moment. Uh, how many times have you had a problem with your battery, with your with your phone battery, just not performing or sustaining? In the sense of it just dies too quickly? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I don't know. I've got a I've got a pretty big battery in my phone. Like my phone's like seven inches big, dude. So it's got a big battery in it, but I can understand. <laughs> Well, your wife must be happy. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so, uh, well, I have a, uh, a phone case with a battery in it. Mm-hmm. So that's how like I... Like a Mophie. Uh, I forget what mine's called, but it's got like a little uh, cardboard door on it. keeps yep. a, protects the screen. And you press a button and it uh, charges up the phone. If the yeah. phone is off, it charges it by like 65%, 55%. Mm-hmm. Which is a good way to give your phone that extra bit of oomph. But yeah. this is something that's a little bit better than mine. But uh, I haven't, I don't think it's available yet. It is a phone case that charges your phone by harvesting electricity from the air. 
I think I might have seen this or something like this. Yep. Keep going. Because in I'm in, interested. Yep. <laughs> in 1891, the best inventor on the planet, Nikola Tesla, pioneered the transmission of electricity over wires. Now, you may have seen pictures of him from like about 100 years ago, over 100 years ago, in fact, where he's holding a light bulb, but it's lit, even though there's no uh, connector going into it. Because like he found out then how to transmit electricity over a wireless, over a wireless medium, mm-hmm. without you know like shooting light lightning bolts at people. Yeah, and it says that uh, this work he did was built on the work of German physicist Heinrich Hertz. Yes, that Hertz, who was at the same time proving radio waves could be transmitted wirelessly. So Tesla thought, well, shit. Instead of information, how about power? And he did it. And uh, if you've ever seen uh, uh, anything re- involving Tesla, and it always shows like a huge tower, mm-hmm. uh, like you must have seen it. it's like an Eiffel Tower with a with a, like a CN Tower dome at the top. That tower okay. is is the tower at his Wardenclyffe lab, and it was designed but never finished to gen- to wirelessly transmit power over the state of New York, and eventually mm-hmm. the world. He wanted to harvest ions, like the same uh, electricity that formulates lightning. He wanted to harvest that from the sky to to transmit power to New Yorkers. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, nobody would fund it at the time because they're just like, if it's free, where's my money? Because people were pricks. Well, and, we still are. That's why it still doesn't exist, even though I'm sure we can do it. Well, the thing with crowdfunding nowadays is that people are able to revive Tesla's lab because it was uh, uh, taken over by a uh, photo developer, and then like there's chemicals all over the place. So what people are doing through Kickstarter, uh, there was a Kickstarter uh, Indiegogo campaign called Let's Build a Goddamn Tesla Museum. That's the actual name. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just people donating millions of dollars, like a couple of bucks at a time, to buy Tesla's land before it was destroyed by a real estate developer and turned into like, a parking lot or some shit, mm-hmm. and to actually buy the land and build a friggin' Tesla museum. And in this museum, it would have uh, innovators, uh, classes that would teach about Tesla's ideas, as well as have workshops for inventors to just build inventions for the sake of humanity. That's awesome. Because that's what Tesla did. He, He invented several of the machines that were put in the radio. And, uh, when they asked like, what about, what do you think about what Marconi did making the radio? And it goes, he made good use of 17 of my patents. Good for him. Not, <laughs> not once did he say, that prick owes me money in 17 different ways. He was just inventing for the sake of inventing. I could make this Tesla babble and just go on about it, but I'm not. But uh, Nikola Tesla, inventing for the sake of inventing, not money. And he is an angel. And Edison was the devil. Hmm. Like, like... Te- uh, Edison, he created the electric chair just to just to prove how dangerous Tesla's AC current is. And he wow. also invented the electric yeah invented the electric chair, killing the first man just to prove how dangerous Tesla's radical electricity is. And you can, you can even find footage of an elephant being electrocuted on a platform. That was Edison, and the elephant's name was Topsy. And he was just showing, hey, look how dangerous this Tesla prick is. Uh, this could happen in your home. And it shows the poor elephant, like, dancing around and dying on film. 
That's like, horrible. Edison murdered like the largest animals he could find, and then he's just like, well, we can't get bigger than an elephant. What's more important than an elephant? How about a man? All right, let's find a criminal and convince the judge to let me fricassee this bastard. Wow. And, so uh, how, does, how does dead elephants and, and criminals power my cell phone? Okay, well, here's the thing. <laughs> uh, Tesla created, the pioneered the concept of transmission of electricity. Now, uh, it's 200 years later, but we're still using 19th century DC current to power 21st century devices. So, Will Zell, a, a former chair of the Electronic Engineering Department at Ohio State University, teamed up with, oh no, wait, Rob Lee was the guy, and he teamed up with an entrepreneur, which I guess means rich guy with money who wants to do something, Will hmm. Zell, to figure out a way to keep the phone charged at all times. So, Zell said last week at the TechCrunch Dispute Conference in New York, why are we still scurrying around looking for outlets to charge our phones? It's a terrible, terrible problem, he says. <clears throat> so to combat this, the Nikola Lab device has an antenna that picks up ambient waves. It uses what's known as a rectifier circuit to convert the alternating current into a direct current, which puts it back into the phone. It's working off the energy of the phone itself, which means that uh, a lot of what happens is the energy that your phone kicks out is mostly ambient radio frequencies to uh, collect to uh, work with Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. So while your phone's looking for a signal, it's draining a lot of juice. So what this does is it takes that Wi-Fi signal and converts most some of it into electricity and this device works while the case is on the phone with no need to be anywhere near any special devices external power supplies or antennas it's entirely portable and can be used wherever you take your phone without having to plug anything in and it says uh, this is the first of many products the team plans to release using this technology which has the potential to work on devices such as wearable technology embedded sensors and medical devices so if something is low energy use, it can just collect electricity from the air to uh, either power itself or sustain itself, adding life to the battery. And it says this will the case will cost about 124 Australian dollars or 99 US dollars, and will ship within four months of purchase. And the team plans to launch a Samsung case soon after. So I guess it was originally made, made for the uh, iPhone. So Nikola Labs, named after the, the god of electricity, move over Thor, Nikola Tesla, and this lab is named after him. Oh, and one more thing about the Tesla Museum. The guy, uh, uh, a, a cartoonist called the Oatmeal, or uh, forget, forget, forget his name right now, but he's the one that started the Kickstarter, and he sent a letter, just like on the internet, to uh, Elon Musk, the guy who named Tesla's lab, and yeah. he said, "We know that you can't. We know that you can't uh, patent a name. You have no relation to Tesla, but you're using his idea of the electric car. And uh, I'm just asking you, as a man with a lot of money who seems to want to make the world a better place, can you chip in with the cost of this museum?" And Musk replied, "Done and done," and donated a million dollars. Wow. So that's awesome. As so if. again, we live in a world of 
humanity. Like, oh, wait, wait, wait. People, people are just Did he get a t-shirt or some stickers for that donation on uh, Kickstarter? I know that. I, for my donation, <laughs> well, he, I, I think he got his name on the on a parking lot or something. But, he gets uh, a permanent parking spot right up front. <laughs> for his, with his own supercharger. Even even closer than the handicapped car parking spot. <laughs> yeah, well, what are the cripples done? Did you donate a million dollars? No. Yeah. You, you get to roll your ass a bit. You get to roll your ass. <laughs> well, this this technology is definitely pretty cool. I mean, it's so it would be basically it would be uh, how, like what's the range? Did they uh, say well, what the range is? It's a case, so I guess it has to mean pretty. I guess it has to be pretty darn close. But like it's, I mean, if this is just the first instance of this, because I mean, how the, how many of these um, transmitters do you have to have to have a completely wireless area? So say. Um, in an office building, you know, we both live in Ottawa, so, you know, pick out any regular, you know, government worker building or the parliament or whatever. How many of these transmitters do you have to have to be able to walk around everywhere in the parliament or in an office building or whatever to be charging or powered, whether it be your cell phone or your tablet or, you know, anything frig the the maintenance man's you know twenty four <laughs> volt screwdriver for all I care. How many like how many feet can you know like you got to put them in every ten feet, every twenty feet, like every two hundred feet, every one every six floors. You know that's what really the the kicker of this is going to be because the the farther you can get it a, uh, apart, the better because there are other technologies that I've seen uh, recently where they've got wireless power through walls and, uh, over the past few years, as well as, uh, I saw one a little while ago that was some form, uh, a different spectrum of light that basically any, uh, you put a special case or something on your phone and anywhere that this special light touch, let's just call it infrared, um, you know, you would hang it above your desk or something and it would have a 360 or 280 or whatever degree angle, and you'd put your phone down on your desk or it'd be in your hands anywhere that it can see this spectrum of light, it would be charging automatically. So where does that technology become, you know, not as good as this Tesla one because of its range? Well, there's a... Uh, and price, the, for that matter. Well, that's just for phones, but there's a, a device, which uh, it was another link on that article, and it linked to a router which can wirelessly charge 12 devices from almost 5 meters away. So I guess it just plugs into the power in your house, and it's called Watts Up. And it's able to, it's able to deliver 0.25 watts to 12 devices and a, an impressive 4 watts to up to 4 devices when they're within a 1.5 meter range. So it's a, it's a pioneering technology, but it's, I mean, the promise is there. Oh yeah, for sure. And, well, and uh, it's just the beginning. I mean, that's uh, that's Tes pretty amazing. Yeah, Tesla believed that his tower was enough to power the entire state of New York, and with more funding, that one tower would have been enough to transmit a uh, a low level electrical field to the world. Hmm. Now, low level would probably mean just enough to get your light bulbs running. I don't think he would have anticipated uh, television or high-use computers. But or refrigerators or washing machines. Or air conditioners. Yeah, but exactly. at the But at the very least, if you could just get lights in your house around the world. Or like, be able to power a small, um, 
you know, pump, water pump, uh, yeah. water, water filtration system in Africa or something like that to yeah. be able to drop these off, not need to have any existing wires uh, refurbished, put in, taken out, whatever. Yeah. You drop these in, they just work. Yeah, even, even, even if it wasn't that strong, like, like ju- just the need for lights. If you just could just carry a bulb and it would light up the area around you like a candle. All you need is lights and water. Yeah. The whole world, that's all we really need. If you have lights, water, and shelter, everything that's all else, you really need. Everything else is a luxury. This is exactly. just a necessity. And, a, and, and a lot of places in the world are, are, you know, are, in, are in desperate need of, of both of those things. And I'm sure you, you can probably power some form of uh, very light um, water pump with it. But being able to get fresh water to people, no matter how slowly it gets there, mm. you know... <laughs> Or well, how much of it gets there at a time is is a big deal. So something well, like this would again, definitely leaps you know, and bounds. With more funding, he probably could have generated like smaller towers to deliver more intense electricity to air to certain areas. So like a low level field just to get lights on, and then like more towers for higher uh, higher need devices. Higher, as, higher output, yeah. Yeah, power generators, uh, you know, water pumps. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yep. And there was one more thing that uh, just came out in an article that came out on uh, Science Alert in uh, just on the 19th. So, just to end just as a cap on the on the on the wireless power, uh, a new Wi-Fi technology transmits both energy and internet from one router. So, if you have a Cisco or a Linksys router, just imagine you'll be looking at that going, you're only transmitting 2.4 and 4.5 gigahertz. Where the hell's my where the hell's my juice? Because now is I don't know why you turn black, but now the uh, but now I guess I guess you're turning black because you're not your your whiteness isn't being powered, so you you're in the black. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, welcome to racist babble. There go the three <laughs> listeners we had. We lost all. We lost all our minority listeners. Yeah. But uh, a, a team of uni- engineers at the University of Washington have developed a new system called Power over Wi-Fi, which would empower devices within a wireless network using the inherent energy of Wi-Fi signals. It says for the first time we've shown you can use Wi-Fi devices to power the sensors and cameras and other devices. So again, because the power collected is small. It's uh, very tiny devices, like uh, just making like the camera in your phone uh, self-sufficient. So, but again, if you can reduce the energy consumption of little devices, then a device that powers a whole bunch of little devices would have an extended battery life on its own. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not self-sufficient, it's just longer lasting. And it says this system was first announced by researchers earlier this year and is set to be a final paper next month at the Association for Computing Machineries Connext in Germany, with the technology expected to hold considerable appeal for anyone who likes electronic gadgets, i.e. you, hmm. and uses Wi-Fi, i.e. also you. Now the, te- now, the idea of electricity flowing through the air might sound more than a little alarming, but the minimal amounts of power generated offer no cause for concern, but they can, they are ideal for meeting the needs of low power sensors and small devices like cameras and fitness trackers. Sadly, not yet powerful enough for high end devices like smartphones and more powerful equipment. But, uh, again, if you have a device that just needs a camera, then boom, you've got your, uh, or like a tiny little camera, 
then like you've got the camera and you don't even like and you can send the image that the camera takes a picture of also across that same wireless network. Mm-hmm. So it says in testing, the researchers showed that the PAL Wi-Fi produced distributed enough charge to wirelessly run a low-power VGA camera from more than five meters away. And it also recharged the battery of a Jawbone Up24 wearable fitness tracker from dead to 41% in 2.5 hours. Hmm. So it's taken almost 200 years, but Tesla's dream of wireless power is finally uh, experiencing an awakening because all over the world people are figuring out how to, you know, get juice out. And uh, the technology can only be improved from here. So good things are coming. Yeah, for sure. Like that's to be able to charge my phone while connected to Wi-Fi or just be able to uh, charge my phone while just walking around or on the bus because you could theoretically put one of those little uh, mini one of those little um, antennas or or whatever you uh, you called them um, in a bus or something on the train and, and you know, everybody could just charge their phone charge their phones the only problem is now you got to get everybody a case for their specific phone there's so many different styles of phones and we all know that apple nokia microsoft htc all these companies aren't going to work together to create a standard because look where we are with the you know wireless charging pads that we already have that's where, some yeah, that's know. where the economy comes to drive it i mean that's where the financing will that's where they're really going to get a big chunk of their funding is just from all the various accessories so it kind of works to help them pay the bills because if it was one standard thing then no but if they work with apple then it's like hey we can make the same case that works on the samsung but all we have to do is slap a a half-eaten apple on it and charge 40 bucks more well yes but every phone is a different thickness size shape different connectors different we're talking about phones right yeah okay (laughs) <laughs> that's what make that's why that's why it's so complicated is because phones are so so uh different you know like they run the gambit right but anyway um i have a uh a rather interesting uh quickie story here that i just thought would be kind of fun to uh to I talk think, about for I a think, second i here. think after my rambling you can get you can get two quickies because oh. I, I thought i'd be uh i thought i'd be done a little quicker but i was just like Okay, Tesla, just in case you don't know Tesla, uh, kind of like if you thought Edison was good, you're wrong. Everything you thought about Tesla, everything you thought about Edison, Tesla gets the credit. I mean, there's a story, you can look it up online, but uh, Edison evil, Tesla good. Well, speaking of evil, Odessa uh, in the Ukraine, the city of Odessa in the Ukraine has fallen to the dark side. Yes, that's right. You heard me. There was a law passed earlier this year stating that no Soviet symbols uh, shall be uh, shown anywhere. Uh, and thus, a statue of Vladimir Lenin was uh, in a little bit of a pickle. They had to figure out what to do with it. So what did they do? They hired the artist Alexander Milov to turn uh, Lenin into, who else? But Vader. So <laughs> basically... This city now on, I believe it's the Lower East Side near a manufacturing plant, <laughs> has a giant statue of Darth Vader. Now, Sweet. what makes this technology, uh, what, may, what makes this a, a tech story for our, our lowly 
Geek Fallout Techno Babble show. Well, I tell you, there is a Wi-Fi hub in his head. That's right. His head gives you free Wi-Fi. A man, so, a man of the people. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, when, when they say it's useless to go over to the dark side, they really mean it's useless to resist the free Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I thought this was really cool, a really good use of um, of what they already had, you know, to take something that uh, is so depressing and, and make it into something that gives people happy, fun thoughts of their childhood or whatever. And also tourists to now get free Wi-Fi. Um, now, the, the most interesting part about this story, in a way, is the fact that Odessa isn't actually... Um, this isn't the first Star Wars story that has happened there recently. You may have heard of uh, Darth Sidious recently getting elected to a seat in a city council. That was Odessa, Ukraine. You may have also heard recently of a man dressed in a Chewbacca costume uh, being arrested for campaigning on election day, which is illegal in Odessa, Ukraine. Man, this, thing, this Force Awakens thing has really stirred the pot. It is really going nuts here. Like, I think this is just so much fun. Like, I really wish that more cities <laughs> were going to do stuff like this. Like, man. <laughs> then again, we do have our very own Star Wars Cantina Cafe and Kessel Run comic book and game shop right here in Ottawa, in Orleans. Check it out, people. So I guess we can't really complain. Oh, man. And, and if you have one of those... uh uh, Tesla cases, then Lenin will literally be giving power to the people. <laughs> Living the communist dream. Jesus. And he only had to be dead how long to do it? About 120 years. Or, I mean, wait, did he live into the 1900s? Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah. yeah. So, only 100 years. Yeah. Give or take. Still. That's uh, but you know, taking things and this goes back to uh, I bet if I, I bet if Stalin I bet if Stalin had his own statue, it would probably be made into Jar Jar Binks. Ouch! Hey, thanks and, for and it would only offer Bluetooth war. connections. <laughs> thanks for getting us into war with Germany and killing all your prisoners and uh, yeah, not yeah, not yeah, not even saving your own son. Guess what? You're the Jamaican space bunny. What? Jar Jar. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got you now. I was like, what the fuck is a Jamaican space bunny? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just thought that this was kind of cool. And it, it it really goes back to, I think it was the last episode where we were talking about uh, Wi-Fi being under the streets of uh, that um, London, was it Cheshire? I believe it was or uh, something like that. Uh, somewhere in the United Kingdom we were like talking Chestershire, about. Chestershire, I believe. Yeah, something like that. Chestershire. Chestershire. Chestertonville Shire. <laughs> something, something like that. Chestertonville Shireberg. Schneider Schneider. No, that's Germany. Never mind. Well, England uh, is Germany, so England like was funded by Germany. Like, but uh, it, it's just really cool how you know we're finally getting to the point in the world where they're trying to start blanketing more areas, and not only that, but coming up with inventive places to put it. You know, putting a a router in Darth Vader's skull, pretty innovative. <laughs> That's pretty putting, dope. Pretty putting a Wi-Fi router underneath the manhole cover, you know, in my parking lot, pretty innovative, you know. <laughs> so I, I think that this is pretty cool. Like we're we're, we're getting there, you know. 
and we're hopefully, doing it. Hopefully sooner than later, you you know, you'll just have free Wi-Fi everywhere for everybody because the more access to the internet people have, the more our species and our knowledge can move forward at a faster pace, I believe. So yeah, I'm pretty sure like if uh, God opens up the heavens and he's like, all right, it's time for me to return to earth and usher in a new age. Most of us would be like, you know what? We got this. <laughs> usher in a new age. What do you mean? I just got <laughs> jelly bean on my phone. <laughs> I just got iOS 12. God, come on. You're so iOS 11. <laughs> You're not compatible with my iMac Pro Air Steel Max Series tablet. I am here to or I am here to cure all your diseases only if you love me. You know what? We're, we got this AIDS research going on. It's uh, it's looking pretty promising. So you know what? I think we can uh, I think we can manage. All your base belong to us. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All what your, do you all your next? after all your afterlife are belong to us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what do you got next? Well, as I was uh, as I was defacing God earlier, uh, I have some AIDS research that uh, you think that I think will uh, interest you. Mm-hmm. Scientists have found a way to delete the HIV virus from human DNA for the first time. Wow! Now I think I may have uh, misunderstood the last time I talked about AIDS research, like the part about like where the virus seems to go away if it destroys your uh, immune system. I I just realized after reading this article, I kind of screwed up my memory. I like I know the article basically said the guy got a bone marrow transplant, a new immune system, and showed no signs of HIV. I'm gonna have to revisit that because it shows here that uh, well the article says the HIV one virus has proved to be tenacious, which inserts its genome permanently into the victim's DNA, forcing patients to take a lifelong drug regimen to control the virus and prevent a fresh attack. So, well, if we actually had any comments in our from our uh, podcast, somebody would have been able to correct me or um, maybe fill in the blanks about what I was obviously trying to remember but failed. But since we don't get any feedback on this show, <laughs> I had to, I was stuck I was left to my own devices. Give I have a chance, man. We're only at episode 5 and we neither of us tweet. How are people supposed to know? <laughs> I am I am but a man. So it says, in 2014, a a team of Temple University School of Medicine researchers have designed a way to snip out the HIV-1 genes for good. They've created molecular tools to delete the virus from DNA. And from there, the cell's gene repair system takes over, soldering the loose ends together. And I do know that that what it uses to tie the ends together are called telomeres. It's like the little plastic on the end of shoelaces that stop them from unraveling. Have hmm. you ever used shoelaces? Shoelaces? I usually tie them once and leave them. Yeah, but you notice the little plastic nubs on the end? Yeah, the things that I chew off. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. <laughs> or used to, yeah, I should well, say. Yeah, well, the genetic equivalent are called telomeres, and that's what stops your DNA spirals from uh, unraveling. And that's what causes aging. The uh, the cells the telomeres break whoa, whoa, the telomeres wait, break wait, down. Wait, wait, wait! You're saying the fountain of youth has really been on my feet this whole time? Essentially, the concept is there, but we've been too busy, I don't know, inventing the internet for porn to just actually, you know, realize, hey, holding things together, maybe we could do that to our blood, we'd be fine. Wow, dick move, universe, dick move. 
<laughs> so what this does is it finds a way to unravel the, the cells just enough to take out the the, uh, the uh, virus and then allow the telomeres to uh, put the loose ends of the genome back together, allowing them to replicate virus-free cells. And it says, <clears throat> this is one important step on the path towards a permanent cure for AIDS, says Kamel Khalili, PhD professor and chair of the Department of Neuroscience at Temple. Him and his colleague, Wenhui Yu, an MD-PhD associate professor of neuroscience, led the work which marks the first successful attempt to eliminate latent HIV-1 virus from human cells. Since HIV-1 is never cleared by the immune system, so removal of the virus is required to cure the disease. And uh, the same technique could theoretically be used if it can take out this virus. It should be able to take out a variety of viruses. And it says that the, the research shows that these molecular tools also hold promise as a therapeutic vaccine. Cells armed with the nuclease RNA combination proved impervious to HIV infection. So that's right. There's a the the genesis of an AIDS vaccine is on is on the rise. That's now this, awesome. this HIV one eradication approach faces several significant challenges, of course, because you know you can disassemble one cell. And that produces healthy cells. Now you're surrounded by all those other millions upon millions of cells that you just can't like spend the time to take apart. And they're all replicating and they're all duplicating infected cells. So the researchers have to devise a method that will deliver this agent to every single infected cell. And also because HIV is prone to mutations, treatment may be needed to be individualized. So it may take three or four treatments if some of the cells change or mutate because I guess you know you can't just tell it to unravel you know the second the second string of the DNA spiral because for most people it may be AIDS AIDS may be in the uh, the third spiral or the third ring on the ladder and the second is your uh, I don't know your hair color or your hair and then you're just like okay I still got AIDS and now I'm bald what the hell and then they'll be like oopsie so, so it's uh, you're going to be training these machines and tools to target that cell, and if it changes a bit, you have to make sure it doesn't unravel your your shoelaces altogether. And then you're just like, well, he had AIDS, but he doesn't anymore because, well, he kind of turned into a puddle. <laughs> but you know, you live and you learn. Except for him. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the tools of literally. Of, like, if they can apply this to wirelessly powered nanoprobes, again, because you know you, the nanoprobes. If you did have these machines in your body doing that, instead of having to put a battery in it, you could just put a receptor in it, and then you can just hang around this. Uh, just go to a clinic, I guess, with this wireless generator in it, and then for like forty bucks an hour or so, you can just get your uh, your system cleaned out with the nanoprobes. That's where I'm seeing these technologies converging. But uh, you know the you know the idea of uh, dissecting your cells and just snipping out the unwanted bits. This could be like the beginning of like the eugenics wars in Star Trek. Oh, great! Way to jinx it. Now we're screwed. <laughs> just like oh no, the genetically perfect people are on the rise. No, we what, don't what talk we about that. For? We, we don't talk about that. <laughs> What's with the bump on your head? We don't talk about that. <laughs>
Well, yeah, that's that's. Uh... How come you're gray at thirty five and everyone else is a full head of hair into their seventies? We don't talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty amazing, though. I mean, you, weren't you saying uh, that they were also using? Um... Last episode or two episodes ago, you were saying that they were using malaria to try and cure AIDS, weren't you? Yes, they were using malaria. They were using proteins. Like pro- part of it, yeah. Yes, they were using proteins found in malaria mm-hmm. to combat cancer. Oh, cancer. That was it. So first, yep. so it's malaria with cancer, and now it's shoelaces with AIDS. Yeah. So I don't even want to know what's going to cure the common cold. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, but speaking of uh, viruses, uh, let's move from a virus that uh, may save your or uh, cost you your life to a virus that you get when watching what some may say is the best part of life: porn. Pornhub. Pornhub has recently uh, released some research it did not too long ago, um, and this actually debuts our very first gaming story. Um, Now, have you heard of this little game? I believe it's by this uh, this tiny little company called Bethesda. And it's a game called Fallout 4. Have you heard of this? This little gem? It's like a diamond in the rough. Like, it's really... It's a hidden gem. (laughs) I don't think anybody's ever heard of it. Well, it's Fallout... Fallout for what? That's going in there. Uh, so basically, Fallout 4 was just released after eight years uh, or six to eight years uh, since the last one, I believe. Um, to... I'm just so happy that this thing exists. Like, I love the hell out of Fallout 3. Uh, wandering the wasteland, listening to this old music that, like, even though it's from the 20s, 30s, and 40s, it's all apocalyptic when you think. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my <laughs> apocalyptic gal. <laughs> Hello, my glowing radioactive gal. <laughs> um, yeah, no, trust me. I hit, like, two of the guys that I work with uh, Monday to Friday. That's literally all they talk about is Fallout Vegas and Fallout 4 and Fallout 3. And I've actually never played Fallout. You got it. So I, 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 I keep I, hearing I can't, it. I can't speak about Fallout 1 and 2 because they were like overhead uh, isometric games. Like where it's like from overhead and from an angle. Yeah. But uh, it's like a point and click thing. I tried playing it before when it first came out. I just didn't understand it. I didn't give it a fair shot. I was just frustrated. I didn't understand it, and I was frustrated. But then I heard about Fallout 3, and uh, yeah, I don't think I can control that noise. But I uh, I played Fallout 3, and it's like a it's a first person shooter, but it's like all the elements of a first person shooter that aren't great. It mm-hmm. just replaced it with uh, uh, RPG like level ups and perks, and I just friggin' adored the ever loving hell out of it. Like, and then I listen to the radio, and I'm listening to like uh, uh, bonga bonga bonga. Wanna wanna leave the Congo? Oh no 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 no! Civilization, I'll stay right here. And like, as you're wandering a burnt out charred wasteland, and you hear like, I don't want to set the world on fire. It's like all these old songs are apocalyptic when you like when you tie them all together and then the radio announcer who like reports on your goings on as you start doing things in town like either saving a town or blowing it up or uh, saving um, 
like letting people into a hotel or exterminating a, a local infestation, then as you're wandering the wasteland, the radio announcer will be like, and other than there's today, the ants that were terrorizing this local town have been eradicated thanks to a thanks to an amazing wanderer from a from a Vault 101. Please, like if you look out for this guy, give him a pat on the back and thank him. Sorry, I got the wanderer song stuck in my head now. <laughs> See, well, that's a little too contemporary for for this one it's like but this is this is actually the, exactly the game what is fantastic you gotta play fallout 3 or 4 if you have an xbox one or an xbox uh 360 you can play fallout 3 and then uh play fallout new vegas like you it's it's an enriching experience i i don't have a console so you can play it on a computer i don't have a computer that could run Why are you it talking to me on a computer that can barely run Skype, I've 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 been looking into getting a Windows phone just so I can hook my microphone up to that, so I don't have to use my computer. Well, at the, <laughs> at the very least, watch some Let's Plays. Oh, I've seen the story. I've watched uh, IGN's Fallout in five minutes. But anyway, yeah. this is what I'm talking about. So why are we talking so, about Fallout Four? And it's Pornhub has released research recently that suggests that people uh, forget to pay attention to the things that they should be doing, like apparently jacking off. Um, because the day of the Fallout 4 release, uh, starting around 5 a.m., uh, I guess visitor um, visitor numbers dropped by 10%. <laughs> you, mean, you mean gamers are the ones that are frequently visiting porn sites? Get real. I know. So from 5 a.m. until 12 p.m., day of release, which was <laughs> 11th of November, I'm sorry. it dropped I'm, by I'm 10%. Sorry. I'm sorry, porn site and day of release. <laughs> nice. It's more like a day of not release if the numbers are dropping. And it's so the from, day of retention. <laughs> from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m., the, uh, the numbers kind of... You know, went back to normal, went back down a little, you know, like maybe just a 5% drop or a 3% drop. They went back closer to normal. Then after 6 p.m., they dropped again uh, by uh, 10 to 15%. Because they stopped watching porn at work and could actually play the game when they got home. Yes. And then, but this is the most interesting part here. After 12 a.m., day of release, so essentially the next day, there was a 15% rise, right, like higher than their normal. Damn, so, so you, think this might, basically, you think this game might be promoting self-pleasure? I don't know what's in the game. I haven't played it. Um, and frankly, I try to ignore the guys at work that talk about it constantly because uh, I just kind of get a little sick of it. I don't even know if I'll ever play it now just because of how much people talk about this damn game without me being able to try it. But um, I think that it's it's pretty damn funny that a, a video game release has actually affected a porn website in a noticeable way. So it's led to a different kind of release. <laughs> Man, I, maybe there's this uh, porn patch on the uh, on the game I'm going to have to try out. I don't have a system that can currently play Fallout Four. Except for a computer, but I want to play it on a console. Well, and that's but, the thing I was I was going to say too, though, is 
Fallout Four is is amazing and great. Now both uh both the people that I work with, you know, just to get in a little bit of a video game chat here uh, before we uh, wrap up the podcast. Um, one of them plays on a gaming computer that he paid around sixteen hundred dollars for. The other guy that I know plays on a PS3 with his wife. Um, they both have PS3s in different parts of the home. They both have their own copies of the game. Um, he hasn't gotten Fallout 4 yet because he only has a PS3. And my other friend has gotten uh, Fallout 4, for which he had many problems because he downloaded it through Steam and it wouldn't work for hours, apparently, after he downloaded it. But uh, I just think that it's kind of funny that um, both PlayStation and Xbox um, have yet to release a special edition. With all of the different special edition uh, consoles that we've been seeing over the past number of years, including, you know, the Xbox 360, uh, PlayStation 3, PlayStation Portable, PlayStation Vita, um, the Game Boy, what are they on now? 3DS and DS, all these different, you know, different colors, designs, and, you know, you get the Assassin's Creed PSP with the new Assassin's Creed or the Star Wars Battlefront PS3 or whatever, that they haven't actually released a Fallout 4 package. Um, And by that, I mean, as far as I know, and I've, you know, I kind of look at some, you know, Future Shop or, well, I guess they don't exist anymore, Best Buy and some other places. um, I haven't seen not just a special edition. I haven't even seen just being able to buy the console with the game bundled. Oh, I've seen it. You've seen seen it bundled? uh, for the Xbox One, I believe it was on Amazon. I was uh, I check uh, IGN for uh, game uh, walkthroughs every now and then, and mm-hmm. I scan the articles at the top. And I noticed uh, it was talking about like deals this week, and it mentioned a Fallout Four bundle. Well, that's good because like I just think that that seems to be a a major misstep. I think it's because... a good thing because it doesn't exclude uh, fans. So like people will just be like, but it hey, doesn't include them. Hey, PlayStation fans. Guess what? Now Xbox has like an extra vault for you to explore with a. Uh, well, that's the, not what I meant. Oh. I just meant, you know, like for example, both of the both of the guys that I work with are both waiting to buy a PlayStation Four. Now they are waiting for a Fallout Four edition or a Fallout Four bundle. They huh. want to be able to get the PlayStation Four with Fallout Four and or. Um, say the game of the year Fallout Three Edition downloaded from PSN for free. Like some, they want some sort of bundle, and they're waiting for this. And the game has now been out for almost probably two weeks by the time that you listeners hear this, and there's still no official special edition. And and like I said, there's not at least in stores necessarily around Ottawa. There aren't a lot of bundles that I've seen. And I think that that's a major detriment to them trying to bring people in, especially with the Christmas season coming up. Like, you'd think that they would jump all over as many possible special editions. Like, I'm sure there'll be a Force Awakens PlayStation 4 and Xbox One soon. You know, like, they're going to be jumping at everything they can get to get people to buy their video game system and their video game this winter. But why not start now with the release of one of the biggest games this year, if not one of the biggest games in the past few years? Yeah, I, well, yeah, the one terabyte Xbox One mm-hmm. has Fallout 4 and Fallout 3. Ah, and It's okay. for 279 pounds. Jesus, that's shot a two. 
two seventy nine is a four. Five, those are like five hundred and some odd dollars. That's ridiculous. Yeah. See, that's but, not a uh, good deal. Yeah. The uh, the only PlayStation one I found on that site was a a five hundred gig PS4 with FIFA sixteen and Call of Duty two, which seems like a bit of a disappointment compared to Fallout four and Fallout three. Yeah. Even even probably at a higher price tag too. I'm sure. Because I'm I'm sure like the the uh, that Xbox One is more expensive, but it's probably still way more worth it, even though you're paying a hundred bucks more and getting. I don't know. I okay. So here, are you an Xbox or a PlayStation guy when you go to buy your next generation console? Because I believe we've chatted about this before. Uh, before we actually started the podcast, uh, we were talking a bit about video games when we first started talking, and I believe you said you don't have either yet. Of the no, next generation. I have an Xbox 360, but uh, after seeing what happened with Sony, like giving away free games all the time, I think I'd want to play, I think I'd want to get a uh, PS4. Yeah. Just for the free games that come with the uh, monthly subscription. Mm-hmm. I mean, with Xbox, you play for the month, you pay for the monthly subscription, but you don't get any free games. Like, I never saw any alerts saying, no, no messages on my uh, dashboard saying, "Hey, by the way, thanks for giving us money. Here's some games." But with PS4, apparently, you subscribe, and it's just like, "Hey, here's all these games," and no, you don't get them for the month. If you get them during this month, they're yours for good. Yeah. And yep. Uh, I just look at that, and I'm just like, "Yeah, that's kind of a raw deal." So then I cut my uh, live subscription, and now like it keeps showing up like. Subscribe to Live. Over $480 in free games have been given out this year. And I'm like, you freaking liar. No, you didn't. You didn't give any of them to me. Yeah, exactly. You, 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 you gave them You gave them to Bill Gates' son. Yeah, you can, cho- you can choke on it. Come on. And uh, with the PlayStation 4, it's going to have uh, probably a Final Fantasy 7 remake and Final Fantasy 15 are probably going to be on the, yeah. the PlayStation 4. So, or at least first, anyway. Yeah, and the, they'll probably also have Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. On the, so uh, they seem to have... The, Not to mention the fact that you've got the Vita as well. As no, a, I don't. I have no, a, I don't mean you. I just mean, you know, as an extension of the PlayStation 4, you can get a Vita, oh, yeah, which you then extends games. your gaming experience. You, you, can, know? you can be, like, on the can and, like, yep. not have to, like... Oh man, I hope this bowel mo- and now your bowel movements don't have to cut into exploring the wasteland. Exactly. And actually, with Fallout Four, uh, I was reading an article a little while ago that said that Fallout Four is actually the best reason to dust off your Vita, um, being that. Uh, oh yeah, the wandering and listening to the music and. Well, the uh, the the um, pr- producer of the. I forget what they call the feature. Basically, whatever the feature is called when you when you play the game. Oh, like that's... remote control or something like that. Rem- remote play. That's it. All right. So the, the producer of the remote play version for Destiny. So what he did was uh, Destiny for the PlayStation 4. He programmed the remote play aspect of the game where you basically take control of your entire game, but on the Vita. He produced that. And they hired this guy for Fallout 4 to do the exact same thing so that when you're playing remote play, when your TV is off and you are using your Vita to play remote play, and I'm pretty sure you can actually play from anywhere 
I don't think it has to be necessarily on your Wi-Fi network as long as your PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 4 is on, if I'm not correct. I could be very wrong, but no one will ever tell me. I think Wi-Fi would definitely be important because otherwise you'd be no, racking, I mean up, on the, you'd be racking on the same, up a lot of data. I meant on the same Wi-Fi network. Okay. Um, but uh, either way, they said that uh, the um, remote play on the Vita is just phenomenal. The graphics look amazing. Um, so, uh, yeah, like, if you've got a Vita, give it a try once you get Fallout. I hear it's uh, it's quite amazing. So I, I actually think that pretty much wraps it up for us, unless you've got uh, anything yeah. else. Well, this has been a good episode of Sony Babble, and uh, hopefully... Well, I think we've got uh, a few minutes left to talk about one last article. It's a uh, science... Uh, speaking of uh, uh, growth that you might develop while wandering the radioactive wasteland. I'm the master of the segue. There is a new growth <laughs> that has developed in uh, science. Scientists have grown functioning vocal cord tissue for the first time. It says they've managed, scientists have managed to grow vocal cord tissue in a lab that can produce sound when transplanted into animals. No, I don't think this can make them talk, but I just think that idea is funny. And it says this bioengineered tissue shows no sign of being rejected by animal models, which makes it a good candidate for future transplants to give a voice back to those with vocal cord damage as a result of illness or injury. So, I don't know if you had, like, cancer or you had to have, your like, your larynx cut out or, like, I don't know, you breathed in near a fire and you damaged your vocal folds, then now you can uh, expect to get your voice box replaced I don't know if it'll give you the same voice or not, since that's where your voice is generated. But uh, you know, so I what think we need, what we need to do then is we need to start a Kickstarter project called like hashtag custom. Teller gets his voice back. Hashtag custom voice. No, no, Teller, <laughs> Pen and Teller. We can finally <laughs> give Teller a voice. <laughs> oh yeah, or uh, you know, if Harpo Marx was still alive, we could. Uh, we could help him out too. Yeah, exactly. See, and and so dopey. many applications. And Dopey from the Dwarves. I mean, like he's got plenty of rupees from that mining operation. I got. He could definitely afford this. <laughs> did so you I'm... play the Did you play the Super Nintendo game too? I loved <laughs> collecting those rubies. <laughs> I mean, I don't get how like they work. They work in a mine. Why did their Why does their house look so freaking dilapidated and shitty? I mean, not you, just they work in a mine. Don't they kind of own it? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, they don't have to like clock in or get access to anything. It's their mine. It's on yeah. their land. I mean, you got and they keep rupees. all the profits. And you they got all these it. rupees. Why do you have a dilapidated shack? And they have no overhead because the, it's just them. There's no. There's no employees to pay. There's no accountants. There's no taxes. Yeah, they, no electricity to light up the place. They use candles. Yeah. Exactly, and, uh, which they probably make from the wax from Doc's ears. Yeah, <laughs> and they can definitely afford a domestic. So why did the place have to look all run down before Snow White came in? Yeah, really, yeah. I never really thought of that. Yeah, we're so... discovering things about Disney here today, folks. <laughs> oh, we could. Well, we in, could... inconsistencies. We could galore. go. Oh, we. I could definitely host Disney Babble and talk about all the problems that uh, the Disney World. I think it's just Mike Babble. <laughs> it's not even Disney or Techno. It's just Mike Babble. Oh, with, oh, with my singing earlier, I'm pretty sure this is going to be called Karaoke Babble. 
thought it was Darth Babble. <laughs> or is it just Babble Babble? <laughs> or we can just make we can just get four other people to host with me. We can call it Babylon Five. Go. Hi oh. So the team uh, the team took vocal cord cells from a cadaver as well as four non-cancerous patients who had their larynxes removed. And from this tissue, they activated two types of cells that make up the mucosa, which is connective fibroblasts and epithelial cells in a Petri dish before applying them to a 3D collagen scaffold. And after two weeks, they formed a complex structure that looked and behaved like normal vocal cord tissue. So, yay, we are able to grow voice boxes. Yeah. Now if we can just uh, you know, grow grow bigger penises. Yeah, not not for me. I mean, it's I'm I'm just researching for a friend. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's just for it's for my roommate, you know. He wants to know, not me, not me. I don't need to know, you know. Yeah, it's from my roommate, but if they're taking orders, his name is also Richard and uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. The the more the more things that we can any, you know, any, any grow just in so, a lab, I guess they, the better. If they need a sample to avoid rejection issues, he just so happens to have my DNA. Like I I, I can donate for him. I mean like if you need to take a sample cool. right now. Uh <laughs> Okay, well, we're at the hour, and uh, hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. If you've listened, I need to uh, like to hear from you. If you've got, uh, well, how can they reach us? Uh, well, they can uh, follow me on Twitter uh, at Reesh underscore six one three. Might not be an underscore there. I always forget. Uh, <laughs> um, you can contact us on our Facebook page for Geek Fallout Productions or the Geek Fallout Podcast. Um, talk about us on the Tag Network, the Atomic Geeks Network, or the Atomic Geeks Facebook page as well. We'd love to get some uh, some words in there. You know, show show the old pops that uh, that we got what it takes too. <laughs> and um, other than that, uh, yeah, just just check us out on. On Twitter, I guess, or Facebook, send us a message. Um, you could email geekfallout at gmail.com as well. And uh, that's about it. Yeah, and uh, you can also tweet me at KingMrStress on Twitter. You can find me, Mike King, in Ottawa on Facebook. You can also check out my other podcast called The Playing With Power Podcast. It's a uh, retrospective review of Nintendo Power Magazines hosted with my friend Ben. And you can uh, check that out. And uh, I also have a Twitter there, GetThePower88. You can reach me there if you like the episodes. And uh, I think that's uh, it. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Metro, no, no. Drop it.